Hey everyone, this is Shadows. And Chaos. We're from the Shadows of the Moon podcast. We're here to tell you about Anchor and how it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And I heard it's free. It is free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So I don't have to upload and change platforms? Nope, not at all. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Without me having to do it? Yep. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Are you kidding me? Not at all. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead on over, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. And that's with a capital A. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. What's going on, everybody? Just waiting for D-Live to catch up. There we go. Pop out that chat. You know, I really wish D-Live was like YouTube where I could set up the streams. <laughs> he is working still. He should be out in five minutes, which means he'll be home in 20. <laughs> What's going on, guys? How is you all? Oh, I had a rough night, Freaky Geek. Um, I didn't go live yesterday because my hip popped out. So during, I had a very restless sleep. But all is good now. All is good. Usually it's, it hasn't popped back in yet, but it's, I'm used to the pain now. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, he'll usually do a little shopping before he comes home. It depends. I don't know. You never know with him. Yes, I'm feeling much better. I don't know, Andy. I put the bots on and then I forget about them and I don't know what the hell they are. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, I should do my, see my stream. I've been moving stuff around. So my, everything's, what's today? Wednesday. Let's get those out there. Okay. Yeah. It's it's something for Wizbot is definitely something for uh Twitch. Hello Terry. Hello Andy. Hello Freaky Geek. Hello Nicole. Did I miss anybody else? I'm sorry if I missed you. Oh, Lord. Hope everybody is doing well on this lovely Wednesday. Yeah, there is definitely no wise bots, but there is a whiz bot. You're the best around. So I'm thinking of switching up Tuesdays. I'm freaking sweating, man. 
I'm telling you, yesterday I was freezing. Today I'm sweating. The hell. Um, I'm thinking that I'm going to do just pop-up tarot cards once in a while, go live with tarot cards. But Tuesday, I think I'm going to do, instead of trying to go back and forth with Thursday on the spiritual and witchy side of things and then the, the self-love and everything, I think Tuesdays is going to become either True Love Tuesdays or Transformation Tuesdays, and we're going to do the self-love stuff on Tuesdays. And then Thursdays, we'll have the witchy side of it. Hey, Mary, how you doing? Hey, Amanda, what's going on? Oh, I know. I'm so sorry. Hello, RestreamBot. How are you today, doing today? I hope all is well with you, too. <laughs> that is the hardest working bot on the stream. I will say that. You are totally right, Andy. My bad. <laughs> I heard a noise. I didn't know if it was Eddie or the people next door. I'm thinking the people next door. I don't hear Eddie moving around. Oh, maybe. Eddie? Or maybe not. thought I heard bags. I hear my TV. Oh, what the fart? <laughs> Andy, you're about to call the union for a restream bot? Well, that's nice of you looking out for her. Hey, Patrick, welcome on. It's real nice here until the wind blows and you feel the frost to be near. It snowed again here. Here I thought spring was coming. No spring. Not yet. You never know, Andy. You never know. I've never known my Aunt Buddy to be a wisecracker, though. I don't know. Hey, Gillian, how are you? So what do you guys think? Does that sound all right to you guys? Excuse me. After all, it is our channel. Jeez, every time, I swear to God, Murphy's Law, I'm telling you. You put on a sweatshirt and I sweat. <laughs> but if I put on a regular shirt, I'd be freezing right now. I tell you. I still hear things out in the living room. So weird. Well, yes, Amanda, definitely. I'm going to do me, definitely. Go ahead. Yeah. Gotta give the boy points. <laughs> I switched it on you. Ha ha ha. No more scaring you. No more scaring me, I should say. Ha ha. Are you trying to confuse me? Freaky geek? <laughs> Could be. Well... If everything was, you know, I don't know. I'm, Gotta I, give the boy points. <laughs> you like that finger pointing at you? 
<laughs> no, Eddie's not here. He's not home yet. He just got out of work. So he's still, I'm sure, shopping around and walking home. <laughs> you like that? Freaky's trying to confuse me. I'm am I that's a scary picture though. <laughs> but yeah, um some people have I don't know if they want me to say their names. If they do, they they're in chat, they know who they are. Um described my Aunt Betty, basically, being around here and um my little girl that follows me around. Hey Rain, how are you? Um Welcome, welcome. Hey, Nubs. Oh, thank you, Nubs. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I'm thinking that's what we're going to do. Uh... <laughs> Freaky is fine if you're talking about me. No, I'm not talking about you, but all right. We'll go with that. Freaky told me that my Aunt Betty was... Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Eddie, another couple minutes to get home before you issue another beating notice, Missy. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, if I got chocolate, you're all in. Uh, I will have to find something. I'll have to find something to do with chocolate for a, for a notification, or a, you know. Hello, Anton. How are you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. Um... Oh, I missed you guys too, Patrick. I missed you guys too. Sorry I didn't go, like I said, sorry I didn't go live. Uh, I had a restless night the night before. But all is good now. All is good. I got a good night's sleep last night. Kind of. <laughs> like I said, it's still out, but I'm dealing with it. And, and the first day that it pops out, it's very it's the um, hard, hardest. You know what I mean? So... Once that's over with, I'm usually good. I can go around and maneuver without uh, being in pain, basically. Or being in more pain, I should say. So we're good. So there's no going to be no more dislike button? No, I haven't heard that. I haven't. I like my Australian thumbs down. I always get one. Hello, Easily Distracted. How are you, hon? Welcome, welcome. Oh, no, you didn't miss me. <laughs> nope, I wasn't on. I'm trying to figure out how much there is. It seems like there's a longer delay today. Yeah, me too, nubs. Oh, maybe it's evening itself out. Um, yeah, I always get, if I show them, I'll get, because see, what happened was they used to show all my, you know, my likes and dislikes, and I must have went in there at one time and hit the button by accident, so now I have to go into, after my likes, or after the video ends, go in and switch to show the likes and dislikes, because I don't care who sees how many likes and dislikes I get. I see, thank you, Nicole, for the lemons. Appreciate it. 
Thank you, Rain, for the limons. I appreciate it. I need to start eating YouTube. I could do with plenty of delay. <laughs> right? I hear ya. I hear ya. But no, I've been moving everything around. I'm trying to get situated. Like Eddie told me, thank you, Freaky, for the lemon. I love it. Thank you. Um, because I told Eddie yesterday. Uh because I'm going to start doing individual videos as well. So I got a teleprompter. It's a lot easier that way, right? Thank you for the ice cream, Patrick. So I'm like, I got to, um. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lance, for the host. Thank you so much, hon. I appreciate it. YouTube says it should stop troll attack streamers. I don't know if it'll do that, but you never know. You never know. Um, but I sit there and uh, I'm like trying to figure out like my monitors are not right. And he looked at me <laughs> and he's like, no, the monitors are right. That's just your o OCD. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's rude. Rude. He's so rude. How are you guys? I know I ask that all the time, but how are you guys? Are you guys good? So now that more people are coming in, I'll talk about what I'm going to be doing again. Um <laughs> I'm taking away Tarot Tuesday, but I will have pop-up uh, lives doing tarot cards and everything. And, um, of course, you can always, once I get them on the website and everything, you can always get a reading through the website. Um, also, um, in replace of that, instead of trying to switch back and forth through Thursdays for the spiritual witchy stuff and then the true love stuff, vice versa swap, I kind of want to... Eddie's here. Um, I kind of want to do um, uh, Transformation Tuesdays or True Love Tuesdays or something. We'll figure out the name um, on Tuesdays. So Tuesdays will be the self-love and, and taking care of yourself and stuff like that type of show. Um, where Thursdays will be more witchy spiritual stuff. So that's what's going on in the world. Well, at least my world. Oh, thank you, Nicole. She said a surprise live. Gotta Missy. give the boy points. <laughs> no, Andy. <laughs> Gotta give the boy points. Wow, that stays up there long, huh? Pointing at you. <laughs> no more scaring me. No more scaring me. <laughs> Eddie? No, I know that had to be. Baby? Oh, he's in the bathroom. Okay. I'm like, I know that better than Eddie. <laughs> right, Andy? That's what I was saying. 
I was hoping that was you. Thank you for the lemon lens. Thank you for the ice cream, Nicole. <laughs> Did I set it up right? I didn't know how you have your chats or whatnot. Yeah, it's fine. We'll still have tarot pop-ups. We'll I'll be going live and doing tarot readings popping up, but hey, welcome back, Eddie. Welcome back, Eddie. Okay. Well, no, there, before you came home, I think it was the people going in and out of the other room. Oh. But I'm like, I thought I heard the door, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> Eddie? And then you didn't answer, and I'm like, and I could still hear like bags. You're the best. You guys are the best. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Too many people right now to try to count. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what it is, Freaky Geek. No more Tarot Tuesday because Eddie is getting good. What? <laughs> that's right, Mary. Eddie <laughs> rushed home to see his fans. That's right. No. Andy, <laughs> do you not know me? <laughs> Shouldn't you be getting Eddie a nice cold beer in his slippers for him? First of all, he don't have slippers. Second of all, I got my beer right beside me. Exactly. <laughs> he knows where his beer is. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick, for the lemons. Appreciate it. Still windy in Chicago, huh? Oh, damn. It looks like it's getting ready to rain here. Oh, really? Yeah. No, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Gillian. Yeah, would you restream? Would you restream? Finishes. It would be me doing my diamond painting. You gonna paint a diamond? No, diamond. I love diamond paintings. They're beautiful. Hey, Scooks. What is up? All right. Plus, I got a lot. I've been working on a lot of stuff coming up. Whew. So much stuff. Really? Oh, my God. That is calm. Calm as anything here. When I was driving along the road earlier, the sea was like a sheet. Wow. Wow. We don't hardly ever get that here. Well, no. <laughs> But then again, we are right at sea level. True. Damn, Patrick, they're getting us. I know. I was sitting outside today. I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's it's the end of March. It's supposed to come in like a lion, out like a lamb. Well, they forgot the lamb part. Hey, Ashley's life. How are you? Hello, Ashley. Chicken wrap. Oh. Well, there you go. And her dog is having chicken strips. <laughs> yes, Freaky Geek. Patrick cannot wait for that storm to hit. <laughs> uh, Andy said it was about five feet above sea level as the tide was in. 
I can understand that easily distracted. Yeah, you want to do yard work, but it just blows it around. I can understand that. Kind of takes all the, you know, oof out of what you want to do. As soon as it hits, the quicker it's over. That's true. That is true. I'm not going to lie. All right. Shall we get started? Today, of course, is What If Wednesdays, where we talk about UFOs, cryptids, and conspiracy theories. Today, on today's show, we're talking about, you know, we always talk about these different scientists that go missing, or um, it's the usually the bigger scientists, you know, ones that are, they die mysteriously or whatnot, but we're going to talk a little bit about a scientist that have disappeared or died, um, but they're microbiologists. We're going to talk about, you know, years of mystery and intrigue about why or when certain scientists drop off suspiciously. Was Mr. Nubs in here working? He's been in here. No, I don't need one. Oh, yeah. Maybe. And then we're going to talk about the mystery, the mystery of the black helicopters, UFOs, and cattle mutilations. We're going to tell some stories about that. And then, you know what's coming up next, my favorite. Time jumps, missing time, accidentally viewing of past scenes. Here's some stories about that. I love that stuff. You guys know that. Hiding on the moon. Yeah, right? Honey, I shrugged the scientist. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that and more on today's show. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody do the points. Eddie hasn't heard the points yet. Oh, did you change it? I did. <laughs> Alien barbecues, right? Hey, you never know. Of course, I don't want to go to an alien. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to go to an alien barbecue. Just at the moment, you know. You'd probably be the main course. Right? Gotta give the boy points. <laughs> but no, it's racist. I know, because it doesn't say girl. Mm-hmm. Lord. Gotta give the boy points. <laughs> Archaeology seems to be more dogmatic rather than scientific than most. Gotta give the boy points. That's true. <laughs> oh, what the fart? Boy, that's a long. Delay. Yeah, there's a long delay today on this stuff. I don't know what what's going on. Yay! Good job, Amanda. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I did. You guys never use the other one. I know. I noticed. I forgot. Totally forgot about it. You guys probably did too. Let's see if it works. Hey, and apparently I had moon cookies. <laughs> For all my lurkers out there, <laughs> we love you guys. I'm going to have to, I know the, the stream, Missy.Earth, whatever the hell it is. I think it's Missy.com. I don't know. 
It comes up in a link, though. It has all my streamer links in it. Homer's a peeping Tom, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true, Patrick. Patrick says, I think the boys need the points more. Women are smarter than us, LOL. I think Patrick needs to speak for himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, so our first story is the mystery, the mystery, why do I, I want to say the mysterious for some reason, the mystery of the black helicopters, UFO and cattle mutilations. Of course, this comes over from Mysterious Universe. I don't think she has one that for the uh, exclamation point stream. Nope. Nope, that I don't. Shut up, Andy. Hey, Blue. Andy said nothing to do with the women helping themselves to the boys' accounts, Patrick. <laughs> hey, Blue. How are you, hon? <laughs> Welcome. Patrick, are you saying the girls are more of a smart ass than we are? No. New. No. <laughs> so sightings of what have become known as the black helicopters and phantom helicopters. You know what we're talking about, the black ops helicopters that come out, always come out when you're watching for UFOs or, or strange stuff in the sky, right? They've been reported for decades. There's no doubt, however, that the 1970s were the period where things really took off. In the latter part of 1973, a series of distinctly unusual events began to quietly unfold above the green fields and rolling hills of northern England. The it triggered a strange and still ongoing operation. Hi, Trina. Hey, Trina. That's blue. Oh. Hi, blue. <laughs> oh. I'm tired. <laughs> um coordinated by the elite division of the British police force. Remarkably, that operation was, and to the extent still is, designed to carefully monitor the activities of certain key players within the public UFO research arena in Britain. And it all began with something known as the Phantom Helicopter. Of the varied elements that make up what is popularly known as the UFO phenomenon, there can be... Um, Few so strange as a phantom helicopter and its close relative, the even more sinister black helicopter. For at least four decades, numerous people throughout the world have reported seeing helicopters very often completely black in color and with no identifying markings. In the areas that the subject where there's intense UFO activity, this has led to a number of commentators to speculate that the helicopters are operated by a covert group within the military-industrial complex and that they are involved in a searched UFO monitoring program. One of the most confounding features in the numerous reports is the ability of the helicopters to operate in almost complete silence. <laughs> Black helicopters matter. Damn it. Yeah, and they're, they are quiet. Like, I mean, they, how is that possible? What's that? That they don't have the... Of the hell? Giant of the blade. Oh, okay. See, I don't... The Majestic 12, right? 
To many, the idea of a silent hop helicopter is manifestly absurd. However, more than a decade ago, the much-respected publication Avia Aviation Weekly and Space Technology reported that the U.S. military has been working for years on at least two helicopter projects. The most recent it, uh, is the development of a light, very quiet helicopter with mast-mounted light. With a mast-mounted light. That was, uh, in case anybody was wondering, that's Aviation Week and Space Technology Volume, volume 142, number six. Hey, Smoke. Hey, Smoke. How are ya? Welcome, welcome. The magazine continued, the program's existence was underscored in April 9th, on April 9th, 1991, during an interview with a former Lockheed official. When asked if he had heard of something called a quiet helicopter, the official responded, absolutely, a very quiet helicopter, but I can't talk about it. That's getting into sensitive areas. It is undoubtedly the case that the major majority of phantom helicopter encounters originate in the United States, and that it is worth examining the background of the, and the history of this mystery this mystery before addressing the British angle. Oh, thank you, Mary. Thank you so much, Mary. Appreciate it, hon. One of the earliest episodes on record dates from October 11th, 1966, and it concerns a helicopter UFO event in the Wanak Reservoir in New Jersey. The encounter began with the sighting of a disc-shaped UFO by a number of policemen as it passed over the reservoir. In emitting a dazzling white light, the object was heading towards an area of the forest where it eventually <coughs> was lost from view. As soon as the UFO had vanished, however, at least 10 aircraft, as well as six or seven helicopters, suddenly appeared on the scene. The point of the... Oh, Hi, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. How you doing, hon? She's driving and listening. Be safe. On the night of September 26, 19... Um, oh, sorry. The point of origin of the vehicles was never determined. Hey, Circle. Hey, Paranormal Circle. How are you, hon? Welcome, welcome. One crashed in, in China and Iran wanted to get all get the tail section. Oh, wow. On the night of September 26, 1974, a father and son, Walter and Dan Richley, saw a strange object hovering above their farm in Lynchburg, Ohio. As there was a powerful searchlight mounted on the family's pickup truck, Walter and Dan decided as an experiment to try to get a better view of the object that was taking so much interest in their farm. As the beam of light touched the UFO, the Richleys found themselves bathed in an equally bright beam of red light that emanated from the UFO. Frightened out of their wits, both father and son ran for safety of their home. As they did so, the UFO began to retreat over the horizon until finally it disappeared from view. At 11 p.m. on the following night, Dan was sitting in bed reading when he suddenly was jolted by a loud noise coming from the outdoors. On running to the, to the window, he was amazed to see a large helicopter descending. 
I then got Dad out of bed, he said, and Mr. Rickley came and assessed the meaning of the helicopter's presence. I think I put my light beam on something that was a military secret. So he thought, was thinking, oh, shit, I put my, that was downstairs. I put my light on this UFO. It disappeared, did the red light, then left, and next night, these helicopters are there. That cap and that copter came to warn me. The UFO researcher, Leonard Stringfield, who conducted a personal investigation of the case, asked Walter Richley if he had received an apology or um, for the damage caused by the helicopter as it blew debris around his yard. No, and I'm not to, I'm not about to press it. I'd take rather, care, Mary. Thanks for coming in. Take care, Mary. And no, I'm not about to press it, which I would understand that. If you're thinking it's military and you've done something you weren't supposed to, you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. They can destroy everything. I don't care. <laughs> um, I'd rather forget about it, replied Richley. Since at least 1967, the United States has been beset by disturbing phenomenon, cattle mutilations. Exactly who or what indeed is responsible for this widespread killing of cattle under very bizarre circumstances is far from clear. On many occasions, farmers, police officers, veterinarians throughout North America have come across cases where cattle have been subject to unusual surgical procedures, such as have such having organs expertly removed and being completely drained of blood. Well, obviously the chupacabra's working with them. <laughs> and also in the exact locations where both UFO and phantom helicopter activity, and that's prevalent too. This has led to suspicion that extraterrestrials are engaging in a covert and possibly sinister program that may relate to the attempt introduction of a lethal virus or truly cosmic origins into the human food chain. Is that where mad cow disease came from? <laughs> the destruction of the human species in the world of the world style scenario may not be the only way to wipe us out. A report from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigations, obviously the FBI, dated February 2nd, 1979, lends credence to the possibility that the phantom helicopters are implicated to the cattle mutilation mystery in some degree, but suggests that the mutilators may have a far more down-to-earth point of origin and may be utilizing the UFO mystery as a convenient cover-up for clandestine bacteriological Hi, aliens. How you doing, hon? Take care, Amanda. Have a good day. Take care, Amanda. See, Patrick's like, I think they want to get meat for their barbecue. <laughs> um, for clandestine bacteriological and biological warfare activities. For the past seven or eight years, mysterious cattle mutilations have been occurring throughout the United States of New Mexico. Officer Gabe, um, Officer Gabe Valdez, New Mexico State Police, has been handling investigations of these mutilations within New Mexico. 
information furnished by this officer, by Officer Valdez, indicates that the animals were being shot with some type of paralyzing drug and the blood is being drawn from the animal after injection of this anticoagulant, coagulant. It appears that in some instances the cattle's legs have been broken and helicopters without any identification numbers have reportedly been seen in the vicinity of the mutilations. Officer Valdez theorizes that clamps are being placed on the cow's legs and they are being lifted by a helicopter to some remote area where the mutilations are taking place and then the animal is returned to its original pasture. Officer Valdez is very adamant in his opinion that these mutilations are the work of the U.S. government and that it is some clandestine operation either by the CIA or the Department of Energy and in all probability is connected with some type of research into biological warfare. Cattle mutilations continue, um, not on the scale that it used to in the 70s, but black helicopters are still being seen. In other words, the mystery hasn't gone away. And that's funny that that got brought up about um, the government and cattle mutilations. I always thought that it was part of that, that it was the government. It wasn't UFOs. But now it kind of makes sense on why when UFOs are being seen, the black helicopters come in, right? They can come in and, hey, Amora Witch, how are you, hon? Welcome, welcome. They can come in and do their thing, and then people think, oh, it was the aliens. Right. You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Do you think it's the aliens doing the mutilations, or do you think it's government? I mean, that's just my opinion. There's been a conspiracy theory about Princess Diane the day that she died. <laughs> and there's been many of them. Mm -hmm. That just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always, for some reason, I don't know why, but I've always... Hi, Amora. Hi, Rain. Um, thought it had to do with the government. And now, you know, hearing from a cop that thinks that this is what's going on. Is it, Patrick? I didn't know that. Cow blood is very similar to human blood. I That I didn't know. I'm not good with hemoglobin. If aliens were doing it, why would they leave the carcass laying around? And that's the thing, too, is they're being, like, dropped. If you notice, like, people always say that they, um... Maybe they're confusing the cattle for cats. Like, they're going to land on all four. <laughs> yeah, well, cows sort of the hell can't. But it is weird. Like, I've seen some um, video where there's been a UFO, like that one on Skinwalker Ranch, where that calf was... Remember the calf, yeah. the cow was dying, yeah, and it had like a heart attack, which is normal in cows when they get spooked. It was more than one too. They couldn't figure out why it was so scared. Right. Yeah.
Like pig's blood. Yeah. Now, see, I did know that. <coughs> but I didn't know cows were the same way. But it definitely... um. It definitely puts a different perspective. Like I said, it's some validation for me. Hurry back, Nicole. Hurry back, Nicole. There you go, Patrick. Afraid the corpse would hit the ISS if it dropped dropped from space, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll never know when it comes to that. It's just interesting of why. We're talking about they'll never know the answer to Princess Diana. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll never know about the mutilations either, I don't think. No. Unless an alien comes forward and says, hey, we didn't do that shit. That's all you guys. <laughs> they ain't owning up to nothing. <laughs> Suck my taser and get over it. That's right. <laughs> there are no, seven billion. Sammy says, I start to get food, and you guys are talking about cow mutilation in black helicopters. I look up and see a black helicopter. I took a picture of it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> see? Da na 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 na. Telling you. Amora Witch says, did you know the calcium in crocodiles have the same calcium as us? I did not know that. See, that's pretty cool. See, that's why I love talking to you guys. Carotene. Fucking carotene. <laughs> Sam's an asshole. Sam's an asshole. <laughs> not you, Sammy. No, not you, Sammy. No, not you. My God, I didn't even think about that. It just don't I know. I was like, oh, wait, no. No, no, no. <laughs> No, freaking, I don't know if you guys ever watched Sam the Crow or Raven, I mean, and the guy, he always talks about the carotene, and we always joke, me and Eddie always joke about it. Yeah, I've had that happen, Lens. Sometimes we hear a helicopter but never see it, and it's down to the army. Yeah. I, I've definitely, yeah. It happens a lot here with the mountains and shit, though. Yeah, here it's hard to establish, establish where sounds are coming from because they're it's always. Time! I didn't do it. Oh, I'm sorry. I just read what Andy put. I wanted everybody on the podcast to hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My kind don't go around mutilation. I don't think any aliens go around mutilation. Like, if they. Honestly, I don't think any aliens abduct us either. I think it's government, but that's just my theory. They want us to fear them because they want aliens wants to give us free power and free electricity and free... Look at all the cookies nubs has. (sighs) (laughs) You guys are mean. (laughs) I blame the clouds when I can't see their crap. I think they use the the clouds as to hide their crafts, Ricky. I think they are constantly in our universe, in our world, or in on Earth, not on Earth, but flying in the space of Earth, in the sky. We just can't see them. Oh, 
Oh, Andy, you're fucking rotten. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Andy says Nicole's away from the computer, so try and get the dog's attention. <laughs> oh, that would, yeah, that would make sense, right? Yeah. Well, we figured, I figured out what you were saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Okay, because Amora Witch brought up, oh, sorry, is the sound some alien makes, clicking sounds. I think a lot of that... Um, <laughs> Welcome back, Nicole. Did you bring cookies for the dog? I think a lot of clicking when the aliens click, I think they might have problems with their eyes or something or can't see in our atmosphere. Kind of like bats click. Or yeah, people yeah, click. I know what you're talking about. No, I think that's just the way they communicate. Well, that could, yeah, that could be too. You never know. Exactly, aliens. We come in peace, not chopping in piece. chop them into pieces. Exactly. Oh, you don't heard that cookies? <laughs> Lordy. Lordy. Yeah, at least on her uh, freaky. Yeah. Alien version of whistling. Could be. Alien dolphins. Definitely. You know, you never know until, I, you know. Yeah. That telepathically. Yeah. I can. I know that they, they speak telepath. Like a lot of people get downloads. Okay. Oh, it ain't on. Ha uh ha. -huh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. Flip. Flip. That probably doesn't even sound like shit. <laughs> it sounded like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ah. <laughs> I almost made you spit your coffee You out. almost did. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our next story, we're talking about when certain scientists drop suspiciously. Years of mystery and intrigue. Da, da, da. This is from the final months of 2001 to mid-2005, near countless people employed at the elite field of microbiology, which is defined as the study of organisms that are too small to be seen with the naked eye. Oh, such, what the fuck? Right? such as bacteria and viruses, died under certain circumstances with some within the media and government came to view as a highly suspicious and deeply disturbing in nature. Many of the deaths appeared at first glance, at least, to have a down-to-earth explanation. But even those that were skeptical of the notion that the deaths were suspicious in nature could not deny one overriding and important factor. Many of those dead microbiologists had secret links to worldwide intelligence services, including the United States CIA, Britain's MI5 and MI6, and Israel's Mossad. Inevitably, the mysterious collection of deaths in such a tightly knit area of cutting-edge cutting research has led to theories in an attempt to resolve the matter. Some believe that a cell of deep 
cover terrorists from the Middle East wiped out leading names within the field of microbiology as part of a plot to prevent Western nations from developing the ultimate bioweapon. A darker theory suggests that the same weapon has already been developed and with the work with their work complete, the microbiologists are simply killed one by one by Western intelligence in effort to prevent them from being kidnapped by terrorists who may then have forced them to work on the other side. But if they're working like they do it like um, at least on the United States side of it, when people are working on super secret stuff, they don't know what they're working on and it's pieced by piece. And it's, it's not, never, and it's not in the same state. It's not in the same color. Power. Right. So, I mean, I mean, this might be different because it is microbiology, but I don't know. I just know on the bigger, if, it, if it's going to be, it's definitely in two different laboratories. Um, each doing their own part of it without them knowing fully because if they knew fully what was going on, the, the power that they can acquire. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I've heard from some microbiologists, at least some scientists, on how they have to go in there and they have to, they're known, like, wherever they are in the building, they're known where they are at all times. And, yeah. They have the floor, like, they don't get their... It's not like going into a lab and working. It's like you have to go through a checklist of what you're doing and you don't get what you're working on until you get there that day, if that makes sense. Right, like when people are reverse engineering something, and I'm not saying just UFOs, <laughs> but when they're re um, reverse engineering, they're like somebody might have the wing or something. <laughs> Somebody might have the engine of something. Somebody might have this particular thing for like it's broken up. So I don't know how I don't know about the whole terrorist thing. I mean, it makes sense, but I don't think that they would get as much information as they think they would get. Yes, working on different sections of a part of a bigger picture thing. Yes. Now, I don't know how that is over in the UK or anything like that. I really don't know. It's like shipmakers don't know how a well, secure facility you, makes. A lot of them scientists that do this shit don't even know the other scientists. Yeah, exactly. They're not allowed to know. Exactly. Now, we could be your friggin' next door neighbor that you've been living next to you for 40 years and have no clue. No clue that he's another scientist working in another section of the mm -hmm. whatever they're working on. Yeah. Excuse me. The controversy, like, yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, like, when they, I, the person, I, the thing that I was watching, like, they didn't even know who their superiors were because all they got were clipboards yep. of what they needed to do. This is what you need to know, and that's it. Yeah. So the controversy largely began on November 12, 2001, when um, Dr. Q, not, you know, that Q, a cell biologist working on the infectious disease, including HIV, was found dead outside his laboratory in the Miami Medical School, Florida. The Miami, Miami Herald stated that his death occurred as he headed for his car 
a white Ford Explorer parked in Northwest 10th Avenue. Police said that it was he was possibly the victim of a mugger. And according to later developments undercovered or uncovered by the media, however, the new word on the street was that Dr. Q had been attacked by four men equipped with baseball bats. A little bit more than a mugging. This was later recanted, however, and it was stated by the officialdom that Q had died of nothing stranger than cardiac arrest. So why all the speculation, especially from... Well, number one, the speculation well, comes because he's, he's got to right out of a medical facility. Right, right. So that's going to raise questions immediately. And the, with that final statement in the public domain, police refused to comment any further on Q's death, rather intriguingly. That's one thing I'm glad for uh, here, Mora. It is not mandatory to get the vaccine. Um, they've actually pushed it past a bill that uh, employers cannot fire you for you refusing to get it. So after that, 11 days later, Dr. Vladimir Peskupnik, and I'm sure that's wrong, but sorry, a former microbiologist for BioRepert, a bioweapons production facility that existed in Russia prior to the collapse of the Soviet Union, was found dead near his home in the county of Wiltshire, England. Did I do it right, Andy? His defection to Britain in 1989 revealed to the West for the very first time the incredible scale of the Soviet Union's clandestine biological warfare program and his revelations about the scale of the Soviet Union's production of biological agents, including anthrax, plague, tomeria, and smallpox, provided an inside account of one of the best-kept secrets of the Cold War. According to British intelligence... Well done, Andy, so you, you did it right. All right. <laughs> Pashnik passed away from effects of a massive stroke and nothing more. But then on November 24th, night, or 2001, the FBI announced that it, was, that it was monitoring an investigation into the disappearance of the Harvard biologist because of his research into potentially lethal viruses, including Ebola. So, what's that got to... to yeah, a bio is you talk that you're talking about the gas that Hitler used. It, it could be. I mean, um, I do believe that it was a biological uh, engineered gas that killed the Jews. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I really don't. As much of history as I delved into with. Nazis and everything. Like, I really don't know. That's, you know, that's definitely sodium cyanide. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Dr. Don C. Wiley, 57, had last been seen in Memphis, Tennessee when he attended a meeting of the Scientific 
advisory board at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. His rental, his rented car was found at 4 a.m. on November 16th on a bridge over the Mississippi River with a full fuel tank and the keys still in the ignition. And what we got is he's in the bottom of the river. Wiley had left the Peabody Hotel just four hours previously. He was due to meet his wife and two children later the same day in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And FBI agents took an interest in Wiley's disappearance because of his expertise and direct result of our state affairs post-September 11th, um, said Memphis-based FBI agent William Warren. Wiley was a Harvard, Harvard biochemist and a biophysics professor and considered a national expert on Ebola, HIV, herpes, and uh, influenza. In 1999, Wiley and another Harvard professor, Dr. Jack Strogemeyer, won the Japan Prize for their discoveries of how the immune system protects humans from infection. Hi, Maria. Hey, Maria. Welcome on. Notably, on the same day with that authorities were digitally searching for Wiley, three more microbiologists were killed when a Swiss Air flight from Berlin to Zurich crashed during its landing approach. Although 22 people died and nine survived, among the dead were Dr. Matzner, 54. Thank you for the ice cream, Nicole. Um, okay, Dr. Matzner, 54, Dean of the Hebrew University School of Medicine, Armaramp Elder, 59, who ran the hematology department at the Iclav Hospital in Tel Aviv, and a man who was a world-recognized expert in blood. Thank you for the ice cream, Lens. Um, who was a world? Gotta give the boy points. <laughs> who was a world-recognized expert expert in blood clotting, and Abishai Berkman, fifty, director of the Tel Aviv Public Health Department. And the bodies continue to pile up. Thank you for the Thank ice cream, Sammy. Sammy. I love your name, Sammy from YouTube. Straight into the point. Thank you for the lemon, son. We appreciate it so much. So then December 12, 2001, it's revealed in the media that a leading research on DNA sequencing analysis had been found dead in the secluded Northern Virginia farmhouse where he had lived alone. Thank you, Lynn, for the lemons. The body of Robert M. Schwartz was discovered by neighbors two days earlier after co-workers at his place of employment reported he unseemly skipped work and missed a meeting. We're all stunned, said Annie Armstrong, president of the Virginia Center for Innovative Technology, a nonprofit agency where Schwartz worked. We don't know anything. We're just assuming that maybe he walked in on something. Swartz was found was a founding member of the Virginia Biotechnology Association, worked at the center for almost 15 years, and served as an executive director of research and development and university relations. He also worked on his first national online database of DNA sequence information. So to me, as I'm taking it, it sounds like if it wasn't for this dude putting all this stuff online, we wouldn't have one, two, three, and me or any of the DNA stuff. Probably not. You okay? 
I got something in the corner of my eye. You know, I mean, and that's, you know. So then when that happened, right, on the other side of the world, 48 hours later, ex equally disturbing events were occurring. Set Van Nijen was a microbiologist in the Commonwealth Science and Industrial Research Organization Animal Disease established in Geelong, Australia. Hopefully I said that right, sorry. Um, he had been employed for 15 years there when his end came far too suspiciously soon. Police at Victoria, Australia stated Set Van Nijen, 44, appeared to have died after entering an airlock into, into a storage laboratory filled with nitrogen. Now, somebody's just not going to walk into an airlock full of nitrogen. His body was found when his wife became worried after he failed to return from work. He was killed after entering a low-temperature storage area where biological samples were kept. He did not know the room was filled with deadly gas, which has leaked from a liquid nitrogen cooling system. Oh, okay, that I cannot, okay. Unable to breathe, Mr. Nigen collapsed and died. On December 15th, 2000, now, I mean, and hello there's- Hello to hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> Hurry back, Ricky. So, I mean, these are a lot of, and there's a lot more. There, yeah, but like you said, there's no way you're just going to accidentally walk into a... Uh, well, he didn't know that it was leaking. That's what they're saying anyway. Please. Right. Like, there isn't indications in, in alarm systems that'll go off with shit when shit in that place is ain't leaking. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And there's many more. Like, this is... I haven't even touched the surface of all in this span from 2001 to 2005. All of these people. Are we the psychic dudes? <laughs> are we the psychic dudes? That's my hello ass. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But I mean, it, it, there's right just too. a. It, 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 the temperature of nitrogen, the, the temperature that it is, he would have felt that. Okay, understandable. See, I don't, I mean, I really, it's not like I make a living. No, going I, around I, stuff. I think about it because nitrogen, they use nitrogen yeah. oxide in, in racing cars. Right. Well, believe it or not, it's not a hot gas. It's actually a very cold gas that's igniting. Right. Yeah, yeah. so. And I think that's why it burns so hot and fast and gives you so much power because it's the change of temperature which causes the torque and everything else. Right. Okay. All right. So what do you guys think? I mean, do you think all these guys were being killed and why? Oh, yeah. Why? Because they were starting to learn too much. That's a lot of scientists. Like I said, you know, like one guy in December 15, 2001, he was killed with a two-foot sword. In a planned assassination. Just trying to make it look like an accident. Well, this was said. Police revealed that he had been killed with a two-foot sword in a planned assassination and that an axe had been carved into his back. And he says, I have no idea what that means. Eliminated. Right, yeah. You know. It, uh, 
Yeah, you're right. They do. They do, Randy, because they do, they need that for the lungs when you get down so deep. Right. <clears throat> but I mean, like, I mean, why? I'm guessing getting uh, stabbed by a samurai sword isn't a good way to go. Yeah, definitely not. And that's what I'm saying, Rain. They got too close to finding uh, certain things out. Um, and you're right. No one is supposed to know. Or maybe they got talked. But they're... they got caught talking to somebody else and started comparing notes. And they're like, maybe. No, no. I mean, there's a lot of them, and they're all in different places. I love the abyss. It's a good movie. But uh yeah, that could be. You're right, Rain. They got too close to find. But there what intrigues me though, there is all over, you know. But you just said though. Everybody has a job to do and it's never gonna be everybody in the same place. They're gonna be all over. Right. Uh, says another one, the senior advisor on biological weapons in the UN, bio, biological weapons inspections team, UNSCOM, from 1994 to 1999. Kelly was also, in an opinion of his peers, preeminent in his field, not only in the UK, but the world too. Almost four months later to the day, scientific scientist Robert Leslie Burdoff was killed by a hit-and-run driver they had jumped the sidewalk and plowed into him in the 1600 block of South Brazewood, Texas. At the time, he was studying an outbreak of viruses on board of cruise ships and their potential link to terrorist activity. Maybe now that a, I can see. Maybe it was a terrorist that did the hit and run. Yeah. And you're right, Patrick. We do breathe nitrogen all the time, but it's a different mixture of nitrogen-oxygen ratio when, between being above water and being below water. Moving on to 2004, during the first week of May, a Russian scientist at a former Soviet biological weapons laboratory in Siberia died after an alleged accident with a needle laced with Ebola. Oh, imagine that. That's messed up. Two months later, so specifically on July 3rd, 2004, Dr. Paul Norman, 52, of Wiltshire, Wiltshire England, was killed when the single-engine Cessna 206 aircraft he was piloting, piloting crashed in the county of Devon. He was married with a 14-year-old son and a 20-year-old daughter, but that's not all. Normal was the chief scientist for chemical and biological defense at the British Ministry of Defense laboratory. The crash site was sealed off and examined by officials from Air Accident Investigation Branch and the wreckage of the aircraft was removed from the site. Yeah, I believe that uh, a more. I, I believe that some of that could possibly be. Uh, Morris says, "What about the uh, the find of old weapons they find in the sea that are weird and they don't know what what they are? They just say it's from the uh, Mayan time. I think it's old uh, bio weapons. Just my opinion, and in some of it, very well could be. It definitely could be." You never know. That's the thing. You know, we we have no clue. Hey, Misfit. Hey, Misfit. There's trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're good people, Andy. Said you can always trust the Russians. That's right. And, and Steve, <laughs> he'll tell you we're Russian. And we're good people. We're, I think we're, we're good we're, people. We're can the Russian? 
No, Alaska Russian. Oh, we're Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, that's right. Russian Alaskan. Russian Alaskan. I don't know. However, he says it. <laughs> but that's a lot of dust in a little amount of time. But if, if, if all, all one of, right after another, that's fucked up. That's why it's going to happen, though. By what is are literally micro, microscopic germs, disease, etc. So how could they discover such a a blue weapon from another time? A bio weapon. Well, they, you, well, it looks like an L. Um, you think about it, Andy. How the hell they they get pictures of uh, people that have time traveled? Oh. I mean, anything's possible. But uh, you, you, that is a good valid point. We're not really Russian, Amorowich. We're <laughs> we're Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Alaska. And that's that's everybody's joke. That we're up here next to Russia, so we must be Russian. But that's cool, Denmark. That's very cool. But yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of freaking deaths in a little amount of time. One by one by one well, by one by one. People shit out and, and, and cover is going to get blown. I'm, I'm the Alaskan Adiums. That's right. We're keeping from Canada. We, we migrated from Russia to Canada. Oh, Alaska Canadians. They tell us where we live all the time. I don't know. <laughs> you never know what can happen, Andy. Hey, I mean, I get your point. I really do. Yeah. This day and age and the shit that, that goes on that we don't know about, that we've been lied to about all of our lives, shit. Definitely. <laughs> We're not coons. Welcome back, Freaky. Welcome back, Freaky Geek. I didn't mean it that way. No, I know. Guys are nuts. So, moving on. That's a little, but it is definitely very weird. I'm sorry. There is something suspicious about those deaths. You heard a thump on the floor. Your aunt dropped a chair. Why was she trying to pick it up? Oh, never mind. It ain't my business, so. <laughs> I hope everything's okay, though. I know, right? My grandmother, so her dad, got the short by the Nazis in her front yard, was hiding German soldiers that have eloped for the Nazis. That's awesome. If I read that right. She said her grandmother uh, had, had uh, yeah, uh, Nazis. Had, got, had gotten shot by the Nazis in her front yard for hiding German soldiers at him. Um, I mean, that's awesome what she did. They left uh, the, the army. Yeah. And she took a hell of a chance, but she knew the risk. So absolutely, I, I tip my hat to a woman that was, uh, no, not that kind of a low uh, freaky. They were trying to leave uh, the Nazi army. And over there, the only way to do it was to actually just uh, run. Yeah, right. Okay, moving on. Now we're going to talk about missing time and all that good stuff. That seeing, happens to me a lot. See, right, well, yeah. <laughs> seeing things that are out of the ordinary. Um, 
and an unexpected person is walking along and suddenly sees a scene that happened at a location some time ago. Amora, if I'm reading this right, you're saying that her mom and dad died when she was four? Yeah, I know. Same here, Freaky Geek. What's, yeah. Not that they want AWOL, but they... No, it's not Flea, it's... I can't remember the name of it. I know what you're talking about. Getting home, you must be suffering with missing beer time. No, I'm good. No, okay. So I, I miss misread that. Then I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. Okay. It usually lasts a very short time, and suddenly the vision vision disappears. The person will find himself or herself as part of the past time period, experience the past scene in a vision, sound, even smells as if it was real. And how is this possible? Historic doctrine, doctrines, but also people who practice out-of-body experience and psychics talk about the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records are a medium that is present everywhere and that rec records everything that is happening and is happening. Nicole, can you take care of that, please? From Maria? Maria wants to link back oh. to your store because she wants to uh, buy something. It's it's um, everythingshadows.com. If it helps, uh, oh, okay. Never mind. Thank you, Nicole. It's actually A-W-O-L, not A-L. Because <laughs> it's absent without leave. Oh, yeah. Um, so when it comes to uh, the Akashic Records, basically, um, it's not a particular place in the astral realm it's in, or any other dimension, although the human mind, when, the ast when in the astral planes, will shape it into a gigantic library, for example, because the mind likes familiar structures. Now, when I talk about, when I talk about, um, the Akashic Records, that's what happened when I went to my astral travel, when I astral traveled. Akashic Records is like kind of the equivalent to, um, I tell people that, that are Christian, like St. Peter's book. You know, St. Peter, when you die, he has the book or whatnot. But it holds all the records. It's not of everything in, in some beliefs. So... Akashic Records basically contains every act, emotion, thought, event that has ever happened. And when consulting with the Akashic Records, one can view them as an observer, but can also enter the scene and experience it as if it is really, they're at, really at that location. So how does this tie in with the accidental viewing of past scenes? Kind of Patrick, yes, the Book of Life. It's kind of similar to that. Earth contains many energy structures on its surface. They're usually called dimensional doorways or vortexes. They have many kinds of energies and functions, and you can call them energy spots to simplify it. These energy spots fluctuate in their energy structures, intensity, and even their locations, kind of like ley lines, right? At certain times, they can interact with human energies the human energy system in a profound 
way. One such energy spot, one can get healed, converse with a cosmic being, etc. Once in a while, its interaction with the human energy system will be such that the person will accidentally tune into the Akashic records of that location and thus view the scene of the past. So I wonder if it's kind of like the way I took that basically was kind of like, I wonder if like the past you, like, you know, I mean, everybody's living life now, but like if you're in a different timeline, right, you were at that place in a different timeline. So it's like, it's reading the energy and being like, oh, you're supposed to be here. Why are you here? It's like a, Does that a, make sense? A, a DNA of the life you're supposed to be in. Right, yeah. So I wonder if that's what happens. Right, Andy? It sounds like all the good stuff I go through when self-medicating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Celebration time! Chocolate Okay, uh, Amora Witch. When you see re Restream Bot, that is one of the platforms that uh, somebody in the room is on. So you'll see it say Restream Bot. Then you'll see like a, a semicolon parentheses and somebody's name in there. It, Restream Bot is just a, a, a platform. Like it'll say Restream Bot YouTube <laughs> Andy or Restream Bot D Live Nicole. If that makes sense. So your best bet is if you want to ask somebody, if you want to ask a question, just, just ask somebody a question. Um, everybody that comes in here, they, they joke around a lot, but they are very well-knowledge people. Hey, Ruth. Hey, Ruth. Welcome. And, and, and when you got a serious question, we do put all joking aside, and, and we will uh, do our best to answer your question. Right. <laughs> Don't drag my shit name into it. Hello. Oh, you're fine. You're fine, Amora. That's okay. Yeah, no problem, hon. Anytime you have a question, please just ask it. I'm the one that watches chat, so if you ask a question, I'll make sure it gets read. Yeah, so, Andy, you took it the way I basically took it, right? Like, they're, they're standing in maybe the same spot that they were, or at least around the spot that they were in a different timeline. I don't know. So now you're talking about um, being on two different timelines at one time. I know. Well, that's where doppelgangers in my mind comes into play. Well, yeah. Kinda. But then maybe like the next time it, it, it the the place that you go to recognizes that, whoa, no, 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 wrong. You need to leave. <laughs> and jumps back. You know. I don't know. So no, um, here, here's the question, though. Do you fall asleep, wake up in a different parallel universe? You don't know. Or are you awake when it happens? Like you walk through a door or are you walking into a, another time? Well, if you think about it, moving up in vibration, we're, we're switching through timelines all over the place, either up or down. <laughs> a parallel? Are you talking about a parallel uh, dimension? Yeah, doppelganger. Yeah, I think we run side by side. Yeah, 
I totally we we totally agree with that. Yeah, Patrick, something like a time slip. Yeah, basically. Freaky says if I answer any questions, it's purely accidental. <laughs> I know nothing. I... <laughs> you're right. Every every moment creates an alternate parallel or parallel universe purely from every single option, etc. That everything can possibly take. So crossing from one to another is more than possible. And I'm agreeing with that. But what I was I, I was asking hey, Spitfire. is do does it happen while we're awake? And we don't realize it. Do we walk through a door and we're actually walking into another uh, uh, parallel universe? Well, that's what I watch all the time. Like when we're missing, like say we put the keys here. We know we put the keys here, right? Yeah. One of two things has happened. Either we got a fairy in here that's screwing with us. Or like those little things are different in when you vibrate up or down. Right. And I'm understanding that. Okay, so it's kind of like uh, like you said. This came put, into a Thursday talk, didn't it? No. If you put the keys in one spot, you know you put them there, but now they're moved. Right. 90% of the time, you go for the second place that you normally put them. And that's usually where you find them. Is it because you did it in, a, in another parallel time? I don't know. Not necessarily a moral witch. She said, uh, mirror travel. Oh. Yeah. Mirror, mirror I, I thought I thought she said you were putting, you have to put your heart into it. No, I don't think that you No, do. she just heard about it. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Never mind. Scratch if, what if, I just if, said. If she's wondering if it's, if, 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 if parallel I don't know. I, I honestly, that's a good mirror, question. But mirror traveling, you're going to see identical to what you are already looking at. A parallel universe is going to be the same, but it's going to be different. Yeah, mirror travel. I don't know. When I think of mirror travel, I think of Superman in, in the reverse world. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's, you know. <laughs> this arch is found all over the world, like the arch. Triumph. Some say those are portal locations. Yeah, they're all over. They're all over, definitely. So they have many kinds of energies and functions. You can call them energy spots, like I said, to simplify them. These energy spots fluctuate in the energy structures, intensity, and even their location. At certain times, they can interact with human energy, like we said, right? Um. So when it happens, of course, it's quite startling, but the experience can be very real. So here's some firsthand accounts of people who stumbled onto such scenes. The first encounter. She's saying oh, yeah, she was just uh, curious. All she knows is how her, her dream walks work. Okay. All right. But a dream walk, it wouldn't be a mirror uh, travel. I don't know. Well, kind of. You can kind of look at it like that. I get now. I get what you're saying. You can, but a dream walk would be more of a fantasy reality one of one of the situation because you're dreaming about what, hopefully, what you want, not what you don't want. No, dream walk is where you can walk into other people's dreams. So it's kind of like a mirror. Can you stay out of my head. <laughs> uh, or you no good. You will. You you will suffer. I'm telling you. <laughs> or or you. <laughs> 
or you can um, go on, like you said, where you you kind of astral travel in your dream, that type of thing too. But <laughs> she gets in my head. She's gonna need a damn doctor. <laughs> I gotta use the best real quick. Yeah, you can walk where you want. Uh, I read it. I don't want to walk right now. <laughs> I know, right? You're hurting. All right, so the first one is talking about the Oregon Vortex with the House of Mystery. This energy spot has strange visual and perpetual phenomenon or perceptual phenomenon that can be witnessed by many tourists. And this is an interesting story. The Oregon Vortex is described as a spherical field or force, a half above the ground and half below the ground. And if you guys know about the mystery, the House of Mystery, it's pretty freaking cool as hell. Um, I want to go there definitely one time. If you ever watch Ghost Adventures, Zach was there. This is where they um, were standing and kind of sideways at the same time. It's very cool. If you look it up, it's very freaking cool. Um, so anyway, if you want to know more about its particular features, it says read the, the book The Golden Vortex by Nick Nelson who was the caretaker of the Vortex for many, many years, um, or go to the present website of the Oregon Vortex. To understand the following quote from the above-mentioned book, it is necessary to know that the site contains a house of mystery, which is actually an old 1904 essay, essay shack of mining company that slid off its foundation at an angle, and it still sits that way today. Around the shack are several places, like benches and platforms built over time to mark and observe certain phenomena. Yeah, Patrick, it's pretty wild, right? Many of them were built by the original caretaker of the area, John Lister, who was a geologist, mining engineer, and physicist. He developed the area in the early 1920s and opened, and <coughs> opened it to the public in the 1930s. He conducted thousands of experiments with the Vortex until his death in 1959. I'm doing good now, <laughs> <laughs> So one day, Nick Nelson unexpectedly observed a major shift in the reality of the place and witnessed a scene of the past that... Um, Thank you, John, sir. ...passed with a man most likely to be John Lister. On the seventh morning, Brighton and I were alone in the vortex without customers. So I heard. So I used the free time to climb up the hill and into the brush with a compass, dousing rods, a magnet, and a string, or a magnet on a string. I thought that looking at some other aspects we don't show might shed light on this new mystery. I first checked the position of the equivalent of the queen chamber on the ground south of the old shack. This seemed to register no problem, so I thought to check the circumstances on the, the yes yeah, circumstance on the line of demarcation on what the subterranean ch chamber equivalent. So this basement position of the vortex exists on a si steep side hill. Okay and to face the apex position or upper platform 165 feet away, he would have to place his back to the slope of the hill. Okay. Okay. This creates a strange impulse to fall backwards 
uphill. I found myself fighting the impulse more aggressively than at other visits to this position. So I started to bring the compass to my eyes and take a reading toward the apex, the upper platform. A strange feeling stopped me from com completing this motion. Without the compass, my eyes told me that something was out of whack. I was directly opposite of the upper platform, the apex, and I always, and always when I had a slighted, um, sighted across the diameter of the vortex from this position, a huge Douglas fir tree beside the house blocked the platform from view. Okay, so when he's looking at the apex, there's a big Douglas fir in front of the actual place where he's looking. Right. Okay. The tree used to block that view, but this time the platform was in plain sight through leafless trees. I could see the... Wait a minute. How did a fir lose its needles? Right, exactly. That's what he's saying. Okay. He knew something was out of whack because he could see this, and he's like, well, how the hell is that possible? I could see the platform beyond the trees to his right. The scenery had shifted on me, and it was not a subtle shift. I didn't get a chance to check, but the difference was at least five degrees. I didn't get a chance to check because something else was out of the ordinary. Me. Excuse me. A hair stood up on the back of my neck. Things looked normal, but something felt alien. And that feeling melted quickly into what I can only describe as panic. Immediately, every hair on my neck stood up. I couldn't, I could fathom no logical reason for this crazy emotion. You know, that meaning of something's wrong and you don't know why. You know what I mean? Um, I was completely and without rational foundation, terrified, and was welded to the spot. So I pertain that to the night with, uh, with the dogs where we couldn't move. We were so scared. We yeah, couldn't they move. They even got me. Right. So to make matters worse, <laughs> to make ma to make matters worse, just below my position, about 20 feet, 25 feet away, a man stood with his back towards me. I didn't see him walk up or even magically appear. He was just there. And this somehow struck me with a new wave of that intense, irrational fear. The man Gotta give the boy points. <laughs> the man's left hand rested on a gnarled walking stick, and he studied a fairly large magnetic compass in his outstretched right hand. A pile of gray hair adorned the top and back of his head. He wore what looked like a heavy wool suit coat with matching brown pants <laughs> tucked into leather boots. My thoughts seemed divorced from the unreasonable feelings of terror which was making my skin pulsate. This was an area of the woods where Maria doesn't let patrons roam. Yet, you, Maria. <laughs> yet when I tried to ask him if I could be of assistance, I couldn't even clear my throat. My real intent was to crawl into a hole and pull the ground in after me, because that's how scared he was. Okay, Lens. No problem, Lens. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yes, definitely. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for hosting. I appreciate it so much. And I hope you have a great live, hon. Um, my real intent, like he's like you said, was to crawl into a hole and pull the ground in after me. 
Without any reason, I was frozen in silent spasm of utter senseless dread. A sort of that I've never experienced before. Apparently, the intruder was unaware of me, and that suited me just fine. If I could have made my legs function, I would have fled. Perhaps 10 seconds into the sighting, he looked up from the compass and peered toward the assy shack. As if it was from an outside command, my head raised a gaze with... Thank you, Patrick, for the ice cream. I don't think Rain's leaving. I think Rain was saying later the winds. I could be wrong, but... Um, as if from an outside command, my head raised to gaze what he was looking at. A hole developed in my stomach. All that, that nutty fear fell into it and dragged me along. The old board fence around a shack didn't look right. It took the beat of a la at least two seconds to focus in on a slightly skein of snow, skein of snow on the roof. And this sight brought another round of instant tarot, terror. Terror? Terror. Yeah. He wanted to read cards at that's, that point. That's right. <laughs> the temperature of the world in which I embarked in my short hike was low 40s. Chilly, but not cold enough to produce snow. I saw him glance down at his compass. This movement evidently caused me to look at the compass I had forgot I was holding. Real, here's where the weird shit happened. The sight of it couldn't have been more frightening frightening as if I discovered a snake in my hand. A snake. I gasped and dropped it. At light speed, my thoughts built a scenario of the instrument clattering and it hit the ground, thus alerting the man in my presence. Moses. No, he was scared. He dropped it, right? And then he's like thinking, oh my God, it's going to hit and he's going to hear me that I'm over here. With a reaction I can only regard to as superhuman, I snatched the compass out of mid midair. Before it hit the ground. Yeah. This is the feat I have since tried to duplicate with other objects without success. The fear magnified with vengeance so intense I was knocked backwards and staggered to catch my balance. As I was sure all this commotion had betrayed my position to the enemy. And with this gargantuan effort, I raised my eyes to meet whatever was out there. The man was still visible, but somehow two or seconds, somehow in two or three seconds, he had gotten over beside the shack, which was probably 70 feet away. So two to three seconds, he was 70 feet away. As he turned towards me, I suddenly realized that perspective had gone completely insane. There was two shacks, a big shack and a smaller shack, superimposed on the other. In front of the small shack with the snow on the roof, the man was looking right at me. My body felt huge, a thousand feet high and tingled with strange, heavy vibration. The scene of the man nearly near the essay shack was disappearing as it has been pulled, like it was pulled into a hole in the earth. It seemed a thousand yards away, yet I saw, I could see that his eyes were wide open. A voice entered my right ear, and only my right ear. The sound appeared to come from six inches away. It was a flat, almost breathless, oh, Jesus. 
I felt a thud in my solar plexus and then was strange bloating anxiety bled away. My breathing was coming in like steam engine huffs. Like, you know, when you're scared, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? So I sat heavily on the moss that carpets the side hill. For moments, I let my bright breathing slow and then looked back up the shack. The sight was normal. The fir tree was now blocked. The view of the upper platform. So he already done traveled. I intended to tell Brighton what had happened, but halfway to the gift shop, I decided to keep such the thing to myself, at least until I can think about it. Because it's it's of a dubious nature. I later made a decision to keep the story out of this book, but it was persuaded to recount an instant editor who had entrusted with this incident. Was it listener from another time that I saw? Did seeing me and seeing the world rotate before his eyes, his eyes convince him that humanity wasn't ready for what he had learned? Thank you, Nubs. Thank you, Nubs. Is he trying to kick us off? Yeah. It's over or what? He's like, shut up now. I can pose the questions, but the only answer I really have involves that intense fright that nearly consumed me. I'm sure it was body fear. My mind in that strange encounter was normal. Intellectually, I was sharp, and I managed to remember everything. I think like the house cat or the deer in line of, you know, like deer in headlights. My body sensed mortal danger, and I knew that one step, one step in any direction would have plunged me into that world. Isn't that wild? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to fill out page work two for work because of, and I'm watching. I'm listening. Right. No, I know. It's okay. Could he have been a watcher? No, I don't think so. I think. he was just, he was seeing, I think he was seeing Listener. Because Listener's the one that caretaked it. You know, uh, he, he owned the property. And this guy was the um, caretaker for the property, right? So I think it was Listener doing his experiments around the property. Because that place is wild. That place is a vortex, I'm telling you. It's one of the places that I want to go to. Our zip is nine nine six eight six, right? Yes. Hey, giggles, giggle pickles. How you doing, hon? How you doing, giggles? Welcome, welcome. So yeah, I mean, pretty cool story, right? It just you you know that he had traveled. If at one point he could look and he could see it. And then after everything was done, and he looks again. And he said it looked like it was disappearing in the thin air. And now it's all coming back. And before it disappeared, there was two shacks. The one that he had known about, and then the other one that was hadn't slid off its foundation. Hurry back, Amora. Good to hear, Giggles. So, second one is 1950s school and cars. This is the one I was telling you about the other day. In June 1980, I received word that my paternal twin had been in an accident and was not expected to live. I immediately came home to see him. He was in a coma. And my mother, his wife, and I took turns staying at the hospital to watch over him. 
One of the days when I was off watch, I wandered next door to an old school I had attended in junior high. I sat on the steps and thought about the old days of school. I thought about going inside and touring the halls, but didn't because there had been recently been new, uh, news reports about possible child molesters hanging around playgrounds, which I can understand. Then I noticed 1950s vintage cars coming to pick up kids about the same time the bell rang. Didn't think much of it. and just thought, oh, cool cars. And he let, I left the school and went home. My mother asked, what have you been doing? I told her about visiting my old junior high school and how it had, I had been sitting on the steps and kind of reminiscent about old times. She replied, that's impossible. The school was torn down two years ago. Hmm. <laughs> can, okay. Can you imagine? So you definitely travel time. Right? Not only did he travel time, he tra traveled way back. Now it got him thinking about the old cars. Like, was I seeing, like, cars at that, you know. Welcome back, Amorowicz. And he says there are plants out there like Tatura and which can have a very fast effect upon a person, so much so that the old truth drug is derived from them. Hmm. Well, yeah, I can understand. So you think that's what happened to him at, at Oregon? But see, Andy, this, the thing about Oregon, if you look that place up, the Oregon Vortex, it's not just like it's. There's a lot of. um. What do you call them when when you see things different? Oh shit! Illusions. That place will fuck you up, <laughs> basically. So, um, yeah, the the organ vortex is pretty freaking cool. The next story is women in colonial America. When connected with the Akashic Records, one can experience a past scene through the sense of a person in that in that scene as one as the person of him or himself. I've always been in love with Victorian culture, it says, and fashion. I've always felt some part of me belonging to that era. A few years ago, I was in a very historic area of Virginia known as Old Town Winchester, living in a battered woman's shelter after fleeing a violent boyfriend. Well, I'm sure they do, Andy. <laughs> There's actually video of that, yes. Um, Ford Motors got its start in Virginia, and there was an old school closed dealership, now antique shop. I suspect, I suspect that all the old historic stuff on the Appalachian ley line opened some sort of portal. All I know is I was walking beside this building and I felt the air shiver around me. I was aware that my physical body was still in the present, but my eyes and whatever part of my body senses psychic energy and our astral self saw colonial America. I could hear horses and carriages, a market, and when I looked at the shop window, I was wearing a period dress and was thinner than with different hair. 
it only lasted a few minutes and, and then everything was normal. <laughs> Did you get lost or? No, I was reading chat, sorry. <laughs> so somebody replied to the previous post with their own story about Native Americans said, I had a moment walking back to my dorm through some woods. I was at school um, and in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden I felt the world shift around me. I was still in the present, but around me I saw Native Americans running towards something down the, down the tree, like, and heard them shouting, and it was energetic. It was a very odd feeling, but then I snapped out of it and was back in real time. I'm not sure if that was similar, but it seems to be. That's kind of creepy in itself, too. Can you imagine just naturally walking along and boom, all of a sudden you see Native American, like old, like, you know, and spears and stuff running by. That would kind of, I'd be like, I I would, first I think it would probably like a reenactment or something. Yeah, kind of like the Civil War reenactment shit that you see. Yeah, you know. And so they look at you going, oh! Bunga bunga. Yeah, and then it's like, what? <laughs> Smoke peace pipe. <laughs> sure, let me pack it with my stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen, don't get me started. My mom used to. Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> I used to joke with my mom. Okay, my... So if in a similar circumstance, some someone way off in the future has the same experience, would we see them as a kind of ghost? Well, I wonder if they'd like transform form into transform transform. Mm. Well, it is Andy we're talking to. That's um, <laughs> transform into like background people. That's true, Patrick. I'd be afraid of getting stuck there. Right, and then so have, what does that mean? You do you die on this timeline? I don't know. Maybe, or you'd run into your doppelganger. and Or do you become a vegetable and live out the rest of your life without being able to explain Can you imagine coming from this timeline, going back to, and, you know, like trying to explain to people about cell phones or, you know. (laughs) And and he said he's got to try that with transport. (laughs) Well, you've seen that picture on Facebook. Uh, where kids have been to uh, visit historical monuments and there's a payphone standing there. Right. And they're taking a picture of it because they had no fucking clue what the hell a goddamn payphone is. Right. <laughs> it's not Andy's fault. Shadows brought it up. I, uh, it was my fault. But I mean, knowing that, and you keep the same mind. You don't like go back to olden time mind. You keep the same mind and you're like, you know, survival like was way different back then. It's crazy, right? So it could also happen in a house, right? A few years ago when I was living in, in my apartment, I was walking from my living room to my kitchen to get a drink. I had to pass by my bedroom to get into the kitchen. As I walked past my bedroom, I glanced into my room and saw that it was not my bedroom. What I saw was a bedroom from another time period. My bedroom looked like a bedroom from the 1800s. I saw an old farmer-style boots neatly tucked underneath the bed, a pitcher of water with a wash bowl, old-looking bedding, an older-looking an older bed, 
The whole room looked like a bedroom from the 1800s period. It was a quick glance, quick glance, but it seemed like time had slowed down so I could see this. You know what? Speaking of that, talking about old style stuff. When I worked at the antique store, some of you might not know, I used to run an antique store. Um, I'm worse than, I'm sorry. She says I'm worse than her uh, to talk. I don't have teeth. Well, you know what the funny part is, is Amora? Um, neither do Shadows or I. And we haven't had them for years. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I, I eat everything that anybody else can eat. Right. But when I was working at the antique shop, it didn't happen downstairs, but upstairs where we had the oh, old... The second floor, where, the, where a lot of the antique furniture was. Yes. Up there, I don't know if that transported me, my thinking into old times, but it was a different feel. Well, because there, there's, it was, it was always loaded with Victorian age fucking furniture and shit. Right. I mean, uh, me too. Six years now for me. Oh, we're well past six years. <laughs> and this is just, this is how I talk. <laughs> and this is me and I don't give a damn if people like it don't like it I don't care but um but no I'm but see but I'm bumped but yeah <laughs> definitely um different feel you know and I like I said I don't know if it's because being around that transformed my mind but I, it it hit me when I they were talking about like time slowed down it almost felt like that I would love living. Nicole says I would love living in the '60s for the music, clothing, and style. Now it's called retro. Well, yeah. Well, what do you? How do you think I feel? A lot of my rock bands that I grew up with are now classic rock. '60s ran into the early '70s, late '70s. So we we grew up with '60 music. But you're right. Nowadays, it's like people look at you go, "What the hell are you listening to?" It's like, damn, dude, you guys don't know music, do you? (laughs) Yeah. Look at the guy that hit. Uh, hit, got hit by a car in the 1940s in New York and was killed and he was dressed in clothing from the 1800s. Yeah. And he didn't have any ID, yeah. And the money and his ID were like from that time area too. <laughs> Ruth's like, I might get transported upstairs. Depends on what upstairs What's upstairs? What's up yeah, right. <laughs> I don't remember this page being this, this paperwork being that much when I handed it to me. Old railroad station. Years ago, when I was about ten or eleven years old, myself and a few friends were walking along a disused railroad line in Scotland, which we had done previously many times that summer. Through a short tunnel under the bridge was an old station and a ticket office, which had been empty and abandoned for some years with the roof partially gone. We would often run or we would often climb inside as kids do. And approaching the end of the tunnel this Sunday afternoon, we could see smoke rising from the chimney and the building looked like it was fully occupied with doors open. When we caught sight of a man holding back a curtain and looking at us through a window, he had a large mustache, kind of Victorian style. I can't remember who spotted him first, but I just remember being 
bewildered than panic as we tore back through the tunnel. I can't explain it, but we all saw it. I can't remember if we ever went back to investigate, but I remember being being driven over the bridge and looking down under the station sometime after, and this and the place was back to being a dialect dialect, you know. That word. Dialect? Yeah, that. <laughs> so that would be nuts, right? Definitely. You know, you <laughs> especially as a kid. Just to, to realize that the, the aspect of you been in another time. Yeah. Before <laughs> you died. <laughs> no, it's not like Andy's head. Shut up. <laughs> nice. I'd like to live in the old west of the man, not my current gender. Hey, you know, you can live your life in whatever gender you want to live in. That's right. Who cares if you are female, damn it? Uh, Josie Wales. Who's the other one? I can't think of her name. Hey, Melanie. How you Hi, doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. The other one, that the woman that carried a gun. There was a lot of fucking women yeah, that I know. carried guns. I can't think of her name. You, well, you had, uh, who's the two that fucking tried to help run the wall? Oh, uh, it's Sunday. No, you're, I know what you're talking about. That's a different era, but. But it's still fucking the old west. Kind of. Yeah. Don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. All right. I'll piss on your forehead and tell you the eagles are spitting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're a mooner. You're a mooner, Melanie. Annie Oakley. Yeah, Annie Oakley. That's the other one. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, there, I'm sitting in my head going, there was freaking Broadway plays done by. But there, there's a good handful of, of uh, women that. Yeah, it was Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah. That was about Annie Oakley, wasn't it? I believe it was. Yes. Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah. We're going to go down in a blaze of glory here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just talked about that, right? You were thinking oatmeal? Wow. Is there um, a type of oatmeal that? Here, slinger of the gun. It could be fun. My real name is. And if she did make a comment earlier when I said hi to Maria, she says that our names. Gotta all, give the boy the lines. <laughs> right. So I figured out her name was Maria. Yeah. Patrick, <laughs> I, I, I would wind up uh, not a little, uh, little bighorn. I, uh, the Alamo is where I would wind up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a couple more stories left. We're almost done. So this is New York City. I was on Fifth Avenue near Central Park, and I walk. I was walking toward. Andy, thank you so much. You rock. You guys rock. So I was on Fifth Avenue near Central Park and walked down. Oh, my God, Andy. Walked toward Lower Manhattan. Thank you, Nicole, for the ice creams. Thank you. I went maybe three blocks and decided to cut over to Fourth to East. I turned the corner, not into an alley, but a regular cross street, 
And the second I took one step into it, I was shocked into standing still. The buildings and the cars were gone. The noise of the city was gone. Heather, you might just walking around the corner of a, of a building and the fucking woods are gone. Shut up. <laughs> there were trees. There were just trees and a field to my right. A dirt road was there with paved streets and a sidewalk where the sidewalk had been. I was standing on dry dirt. The road, now in New York City, that's not going to happen. The road was full of deep ruts, and further down the dirt road was a dark brown house with a low fence in front. The deep ruts will, will occur in, in New York City, though, yeah. Yeah, that's true. In the road, <laughs> or at least a block away, a horse-drawn buckboard full of wood, wood crates was creaking and bouncing on the rutted dirt road. I was overwhelmed with panic. My mind raced. What if I was trapped here forever? I was dressed in a shorter skirt. I didn't speak the way people spoke at that time. And I had visions I had visions of being thrown into an asylum for the insane and being lost there for the rest of my life. I quickly walked backwards and instantly I was back on Fifth Avenue. A man slapped into my back and since I was walking in reverse, I mumbled an apology. The street had just backed <laughs> that I had just backed out of looked normal. The traffic was loud. My heart was pounding and I stopped a cab and got out of the city as fast as I could. Even though I was, it was fascinating. It was also terrifying. She should have told the cab driver that we're not driving reverse and get me the fuck out of this town. Right. Could you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine that. Because she said she walked in. And everything was gone. Yeah. But when she left, she walked backwards and walked right back into her own time. Right. So that and you know what makes me think that there was like a like kind of like fucking debris with the big square. But now but did she cross you a, a, a portal and, and not veer off her, her straight path? Thank you, Rain, for subscribing. Thank you, Rain. On YouTube. Appreciate it. And just to walk it backwards, identical how she walked in, so not to alleviate her path, she was able to go back through that, whatever it was that she crossed. Right. Oh, shut up, Freaky. We haven't watched it yet. We haven't watched. No, not last night's. My dog walks backwards, too, does it? Yeah, he's doing that when he's going for cookies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the last one is two people visiting Mayan ruins saw a room fresh, freshly painted with scenes. Most likely they saw an Akashic record of the place as it won, um, as it existed many centuries ago. Can you imagine walking into Mayan ruins and seeing it freshly painted? Like, that would be so freaking awesome. No, they would be so fucking weird. Right. They yeah. also heard an unfamiliar language. The reason for their experience might lie in the fact that many ancient buildings were built on special energy spots. The mentioning of the trance state is also interesting. This is the weirdest thing I've, that's ever happened to me. And even though it happened many years ago, I've never stopped thinking about it. When I was 12 years old, around 2007, God, my family and I went to visit the Mayan city of Tikal in Guatemala. There were a lot of people at the park, as is a higher season for tourism, 
We spent the whole day at the place. And around lunchtime, we sat in front of a small ruin to eat and rest for a little bit. I finished eating quickly and asked if anyone wanted to look inside the particular room with me. My aunt agreed and came along and the rest of family stayed outside. That particular ruin was much smaller compared to the main structures and it was only built on floor level. So my aunt and I went inside and walked through a small, few small doorways or portals of the ruin and we walked for a few minutes and then realized everything was really, really quiet which made us a bit nervous. As the ruin was small, there was no way we could have walked a long distance from the outside where the rest of the tourists were. We also realized that unlike the other ruins we had just visited that day, there was no one else in there, just my aunt and I. We got anxious and decided to return to the rest of the family. We started walking through the small, same small doorways on our way back. As we walked, through the doorways, we suddenly saw something we hadn't seen on our way in. There was a painting on the wall. It was a drawing of people standing and sitting around some kind of plaza. It looked like an ancient Mayan market. My aunt and I were completely memorized by the painting as the colors looked extremely vibrant. And it looked like it had been painted quite recently. Definitely not centuries ago. We started discussing that, and when we looked around the whole room, it was painted vibrant red instead of the normally washed gray of the ruins. It looks like a place where people were currently living or using. We turned back to stare at the painting, and then we could hear a lot of people talking, though we couldn't really understand what they were saying. We spent a few minutes just staring at the painting and listening. We were in some sort of trance that we didn't move or talk anymore. We just would stare at the painting for what felt like the same, what felt at the same time, both as seconds and as hours. So they could kind of, it was kind of like they were in and out. Think of that movie. Um, I think it's called Airport or it's called Runway where that plane lands on the runway. Right. Airport's completely empty. Yeah. But as it goes on, they're, they're hearing people in the airport. Yeah. And now they got to take off quick because everything's disappearing, disappearing in the back. Like, like that timeline. They know the movie. What movie is that, guys? Is the weed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That is, I, 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 it, that's a hell of a good movie. I, I, it, that was phenomenal. It's where, it's where me, me, I just. Hey, JoJo, how are you? Hi, Jojo. Welcome. Suddenly, my aunt mentioned that we should go back to our family. So we left, made sure we knew exactly how to get back to That's the it, Red Room. It was the Lawangers? The Longangiers. Yeah. That. Yes. I knew somebody would know that. Suddenly, my aunt mentioned that we should go back to our family. So we left, but we made sure exactly how to get back to the Red Room so we could show how amazing it is to our family. We got back to our family and asked, they asked what took so long inside there. And apparently, we had left for about a half an hour. And they thought we might have gone somewhere else and was waiting for us to come back. Thank you for the follow. Just keep it cool and you'll be welcome. Yeah. Um, so 
We got back to our family and asked what took so long. So my aunt and I were still really excited about this red room. So we told our family to come see with us. We went inside and walked through the same doorways to get back to the place, but we were never able to find it. So it kind of just disappeared. We walked all the way around the ruins, in and out, and it was gone. The only thing we could find was the room that kind of looked similar in structure, but without any of the vibrant colors. Just, it was only meant for them to see. Right? On one of the walls, we saw what we could think about being the painting we saw earlier, but the painting was almost completely gone. We couldn't even make out the, the figures anymore. My aunt and I were really, really anxious and kept looking around. We couldn't believe it was gone. We had been there just minutes ago, but the rest of our family just laughed and dismissed it saying we were probably just making a dumb joke. We left the place and my aunt and I couldn't stop thinking about it. We never found any explanation and we still talk about it nowadays. Even if no one else believes us, we both know something was strange. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Like I said, maybe it was only something that, that they were supposed to experience. Right. If they took the whole family back and they couldn't find it. Yeah. Then it was only meant for them or it was a, a time frame that it was open or it was there. Right. Kind of like a portal. A portal opened up so much time. Right. It, it's a window. Exactly. And they don't close. Exactly. Maybe that was the same way. It's it's pretty wild. I couldn't imagine going through. I I would have thought I completely lost my mind. Well, you have. Well, that's beside the point. <laughs> but I mean, if something like that, that's just like validation that oh yeah, I've really lost my mind. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I am fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's like yep, everybody was right. I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, Patrick. We Thank do you too. The universe for confirming I am nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, totally validated. Glad you love Patrick. Yeah, I know you guys. Thank you for the follow, Jojo. Thank you, Jojo. I I know you guys know I'm nuts. <laughs> Nobody knows like me though. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Ten, uh, ten, 10 years with this woman, nobody knows how nuts she is besides me. You know, what are you going to do? They get pretty what close. What are you going to do? <laughs> that's, that's true, Amora. She said no one can tell others that their experiences are wrong just because they don't experience them. So, yes, and I'm a very, I'm a very big believer in that, and that's why... We always keep our chat rooms are always protected for people and their beliefs on what has happened to them, what hasn't happened to them. You know what I mean? She couldn't have said that no better, though. Yeah. You can't tell me I'm wrong and just be, be disrespectful because you didn't experience it doesn't mean I didn't. Exactly. Exactly. So, absolutely. That was very well said, Amora. Nicole. Get out of Andy's pill drawer and, and pot and everything else drawer. You are so normal, Missy. Yeah, no. That's what I like. Everybody believe in me. <laughs> she is not normal. <laughs> All right, guys. She's normal. If abnormal is normal, then she's normal. That's right. 
I'm paranormal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that a knee slapper? That was a knee slapper. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, guys, you know what time it is? It is noon. That is time. Tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, we are talking about elements, elementals, and the watchtowers. For I our may spiritual. Not be here, though, Nabisco uh, showed up, and unless I go in now after this, it's a lot of Nabisco. It's a lot of Nabisco? Yes, yeah, about three hours worth of throwing. Right? You know what time it is? Get over to D Live. So that should be a good talk tomorrow. Let me get over to D Live so I can do what I need to do. Then you can tell me when it's my time to do what I can do. This is true. Excuse me. No, it, Freaky Geek, did you see I was slapping my, my elbow and we call it a knee slapper because it's a stupid pun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you guys know how we interact. That was so funny. Oh, that's a knee slapper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. See if they're running. Are they running? Not yet. I don't see anything. There they go. All right. This is my time to chime. Fist bumps to the guys, hugs to the ladies. Stay safe, stay safe, stay strong. We'll get through this. I promise. And hopefully I'll see you guys tomorrow right here. What? No, I forgot to open the chest, but go ahead. I'm done. 30 seconds, guys. I clicked on, no, usually I click on it before. So 20 seconds. If the chest hasn't come up, get over there for your lemons. Just hit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 10 seconds, guys. Take care, Scoops. Melanie, take care. Thank you for coming in. Thank yes. you, everybody. Thank Seriously. you, everybody, for coming in. We appreciate each and every one of you. We have so much fun with you guys. We love chatting with you and getting your opinions. All right. And just so you all do remember, I have no idea what the stories are until she goes live. That's true. He does not. All right. Hold on one sec. Let me get the cam back up. All right. So, for the Lemons, Nicole got 89.3, Patrick got 51.7, Freaky Geek got 37.7, and Melanie got 30.1. All right. Woohoo. The chest opened. <laughs> Again, thank you guys ever so much for being here. Thank you, Nubs. We love each and every one of you guys. Like I said, tomorrow we're talking about the elementals, the elements, and the watchtowers. And Friday, of course, is Freaky News Friday, which I haven't. That's not I, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. That's right. All right, guys. With that being said, take care, be safe, and remember, find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. Rain never got the chest. Oh, I'm sorry, Rain. I'm sorry. All right, guys. We'll talk at you tomorrow. We love you guys. Mmm. -hmm. Ah.